So we've created this document called The Mission. It's 12 pages long, and and we talk about the things she needs to do technically and mentally, and we keep it super real. Like, there's parts of it that speak about there's going to be times of self-doubt because it just is part of life. It's part of life. So you can't ignore that and just be like positive, 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 positive all the time and ignore that stuff or fight it. It's better just to embrace it, right? Mm-hmm. And like, okay, I've had some self-doubt at the moment. You know, let's talk through this or I can work through that, you know? So we've got this 12-page, yeah, this 12-page mission and it, it addresses all of her sort of idiosyncrasies or all of her whatever we need to address. Schedules, you know, competition schedules, training schedules, what she's going to do at these training camps, volume at these training camps, volume of what, you know, what technically she's going to work on with her jumps, with her skiing, you know, and then it's awesome. I mean, it's awesome. We've just built this out sort of fairly organically and um, she's all in and yeah. And um, she also, like I, I, wrote a mantra, a base mantra, and then I let her modify it. So at the beginning of every training session um, that we have, or every time I speak to her, or when she, before she goes on the hill, or before she goes to go water jump or whatever, um, she says the mantra. And it's like short, so it's succinct, and she can get it done quickly. It's, you know, whatever, 30 seconds, but it's awesome. So, <laughs> so those are the details, man. Those are the details, you know? That, that's the, the, you know? That's the stuff that you know, and you, you know, you never know, but you've got to give yourself the best shot you can. You've got to give yourself the best shot you can. Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. This is the place where we share stories of people looking, finding, and living their purpose. Purpose in the sense of Dharma, to be in truth with our dreams and reasons for being on this earth. This life is a rich itinerary, one that we believe is meant to be lived with wild abandon. However, that is relative to each individual. And I think our guest today has done that so well for himself. Bobby Aldegheri is a former professional mogul skier, Olympic athlete, and two-time Olympic coach. He competed in the 1992 Olympic Games in Albertville, France, which was the first year mogul skiing was included in the Games. He was a member of the national ski team for seven years, achieving a top five world ranking. He was on the professional ski tour for three years and was the first mogul skier in history to win a World Cup and pro event. Bobby was head coach for the Canadian freestyle team and helped them earn a gold medal in Torino, Italy in 2006. He has coached many athletes to their prospective national team and to the Olympics, including national champions, world championship medalists, and Olympic medalists. Most recently, Bobby has made perhaps his biggest career decision yet in choosing to step down from his position as freestyle program director for the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club to pursue the next phase of life. We're excited to dive into this guy's extensive experience and learn from him as we hold the intent that you will walk away with a few takeaways to better go after your dreams today. Bobby, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. That was quite a, quite an intro. You're you're a total pro, by the way. Yeah, I'm a total pro. Learn from the best. I've been hanging out with professional athletes for quite some time, as you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what I didn't mention in that intro is that um, we've known each other for a long time. Beach said two decades. I want to say it's two decades, tw- twenty years. It's cl- it's it's yeah. a long time. It's before Beach and I were married. Um, <clears throat> yeah. No. So long uh, time. Yeah, at least 20 years. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so, um, you know, it's so interesting. I was reflecting on this. I, I don't think that life ever, there's no mistakes, right? And so 
they always say like hindsight is twenty twenty, right? You can see so much clearer the path that it took you to get where you are, right? When you can turn around and, and actually see it. And so I look back on those days and I remember, you know, hanging out with you, like you were kind of the first Olympian I knew and Chuck and, you know, like, whoa, that's another Olympian and KB and then hanging out. I remember like having dinner with the Canadian uh, team and just thinking like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And, and oh my God, they're just normal. They're just kids, like, you know, doing something amazing. And it's so funny to look at our life now. We're talking to Olympians, high-performance coaches, and professional athletes is what we do on a daily basis. And so I kind of see you as like a seed that was planted in a, in a dream that has come true. It's interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah, I never thought. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's come kind of full circle for you guys. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, you, you talk about... Um, you know, these young kids and Olympians and, and they're just regular people. And I, I think, I think you're right in many ways. And I think there's certain things that separate th- th- those kind of people, Olympians or world champions or, um, from, from others. And I guess that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, but I, yeah, I keep going with some, that. I think keep... there's just some fundamentals. Like you talk about, you know, there's no wrong choices or I think, <clears throat> I think, um, you know, People give um, people give lip service a lot of lip service to um, to learning from their mistakes, you know. And I think that I think that um, there's two ways to co- to go about that. You know, you, making mistakes. You're absolutely right. I think is imperative. It's the only way, really. It it make it, it if we're open minded and if we're learned and. Um, if we can put our ego aside, then, then we're going to learn from our mistakes. But if we don't, then we're going to repeat those mistakes over and over and over. And you see plenty of that. I've seen athletes do that. Like I literally have seen athletes fool themselves for a career and not really learn from their mistakes. Mm. Um, so, you know, even within like the national ski team that I was on or that I coached, there's different levels. You could, you'd be shocked maybe the, the levels, you know, even within even within that group, people that are really, really good and high performing and, and, and really thoughtful about the moment to moment and then people that aren't so much. So it's, it's interesting. But, um, but I, think, I think that making mistakes, if, if you're on the sharp end of it, um, making mistakes is a really, really good thing um, if, if you're learning from them and it also makes it a little less judgmental too about others that are making mistakes, you know? So that high, high level that you were talking about, the thread that you have seen, you've seen that level learning from that, like taking that and using that as a building block to get better and better. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And be, and you know, I, you know, when I'm coaching, I, I think I was saying this to you the other day, BJ, but you know, when I'm coaching athletes, I rarely tell them the things that I did well as an athlete. I'm usually telling them the things I didn't do well. Um, and uh, because then they can learn, you know, from my mistakes and they can take it in and go, oh yeah, well, you know, he reached a pretty high level. So, so, you know, with these mistakes, so if I can reach, you know, my goal is ultimately when I coach my athletes is to have them be, you know, better than I was. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So it's important to sort of shed the, shed the light on, on what you didn't do well, um, 
Yeah, I don't know where we're going with that. Do you feel, well, do you feel, let's look at you, you, you know, in, in your career, did you feel struggle at times that you were repeating the same thing? Like, did you feel that at first and then was able to shift to like, okay, I've learned it once, I need to move on? Or did you have a coach that sort of directed you? Yeah, I, I think my biggest, I think one of my weaknesses as an athlete is I was really emotional about stuff in general. I was really too, and really too emotional about about not doing, you know, not having, especially earlier in my career before I really started to hit my stride. I mean, I was just really emotional if I didn't have good good results and I'd be miserable and, you know, I'd be like, you know, after the event, I'd be in my room and then, you know, I couldn't wait for the next training day for the next World Cup. We'd have to travel from Germany to Austria or to Switzerland or Italy or wherever. I'd be like, oh my God, you know? And that was that was like not... That was not good. That was not good. You know, I think, I think to be, you know, you can be emotional in the moment and let positive emotion drive you and all that. And I, I did a good job of that as well. I was really romantic about the process all the time. Like growing up in the East Coast and skiing in Killington, Vermont, you know, I just, I was out there. I like, you know, whatever I sort of didn't have, whatever I didn't have in, in, in talent, I absolutely made up in, in, in work ethic. And, you know, people, that's another thing people give lip service to is, oh, I work hard. Not everyone works as hard, you know, as other people. That's just a fact. And then there's like, you can work hard physically. You can work hard, like, you know, in the gym, you can work hard on the ski hill. You can work hard mentally. You can work hard emotionally. You know, there's a lot of ways to, to be able to be disciplined. And, and so, um, but, um, but yeah, I was pretty. There was times I was just too emotional about the 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 losses, you know, and not learning from them, not just being more like cold about it. Like, okay, well, I did this well. I didn't do this well. I'm gonna fix this next week. Boom. Period. Let it go. You know. But I was, you know, I was super invested in it, <clears throat> immensely invested. You know, it was like all I wanted to do since I was a little kid. So you know, I feel very fortunate to have had the opportunity and have lived, you know, have, you know, become top five in the world and ski at the Olympics and et cetera, and to have had that passion. I mean, not, you know, not, we know in our lives, not everybody has that, that everyone finds that passion. You know, you guys blatantly have, you guys sacrificed a lot and just gone, just followed that, you know, kind of blindly, right? It's going to work out. So it's a, I mean, it's the same thing, same thing as an athlete. Like, not like when you're a kid, you like dream about going to the Olympics, but the people, the amount of people that go to the Olympics is few and far between. It's like, you know, it's like winning the lotto almost sort of, you know, you have more control over it, but. Do you feel the frustration, that piece of the frustration is that, and maybe your case and with your athletes, like they should, they, they feel they should be further along than they are right now. Mm-hmm. So you don't do the qualification at that race and you get frustrated, you go inside, you, get, you beat yourself up, you're like, is this ever going to work? Self-doubt creeps in. Then you're yeah. like, okay, well, now there's another race. So I, I, I guess they want the thing to be speed track. Like, like, super, like I want to get there now. I want to qualify for the Olympics now. And for some people that works, but for most of us, I think it takes time and energy, a lot of it. Yeah, no, for sure. Like the major, you're right, you're spot on. The, the, the major majority of people, um, you know, it's a grind, it's a grind and you're not going to be there tomorrow. You know, it's just, just not, it's, it just takes time. And in, you know, in, in, yeah. So, and you're in, in aerobic sport, especially there's, there's no replacement for the miles and the base miles and, 
and the, the, it's just a grind. Like aerobic sports, just a grind. It's like Nordic skiing, right? It's like cross-country skiing versus, right? Versus uh, whatever. But, but, you know, yeah. I mean, it, for most sports, most sports for sure. So it sounds like you were... You know, that, that, like the emotional, it's like really attached, right? So I bet the, the lows were really painful and the highs were super high. Um, do you feel like you just grew out of that? Do you feel, was there a, a turning point where maybe you started to master a little more calm or, or um, you know, patience in your process? Or do you feel like to the end of your career, you were pretty tied in, pretty emotional about, the waves of, you know, the highs and the lows? I think I became less frustrated with myself. Yeah, as time went on, I become, I became less frustrated with myself and just more determined. Mm. Just let that stuff, I let that stuff motivate, you know, motivate me versus deflate me. And it wasn't like, I wasn't, de- well, I wasn't like depressed, like, I, I don't know. I, mean, I was definitely down and mad at myself, but I would just, yeah, I kind of turned that around just to let it, motivate me and and over time you know and and there's there, no athletes no athlete's career is is perfect and smooth and you look at I just because I know skiing pretty intimately you know you look at Lindsay Vaughn she had you know a significant amount of self-doubt a lot of the time which is like crazy because she's the most winning female alpine skier in the history of the sport and then Schifrin Michaela Schifrin sort of been the same way to some degree I don't know to what degree I can't can't say but so um but yeah so you've just gotta you've gotta like battle that stuff and BJ you were spoken about spoke about self-doubt and um for sure there's moments of self-doubt but you've got that's where like you can work you know physically strong and I was really good at all the physical being in the gym and being on the hill, but then there's the emotional, mental, the mental emotional side, which is, you know, equally as important, if not more. And, um, you know, that's where, I think that's really where the rubber hits the road. But yeah, but for me, I just became more determined and, and a little, little less tough on myself, beating myself up, but just like, yeah, more confident over time. You build up, your world ranking goes up, you start to, you know, you yeah. start the to evidence. You know, get, get more confidence, you know? Yeah, well, mm. momentum, right? Momentum. So you're yeah, putting right. in all this work, right? This is how momentum works. You're putting in all this work. You're at the gym, you know, regardless of the emotions that you're having, you're showing up every day to keep moving yourself forward. Then, you, then oh, this is the best part. Like, you start getting evidence of that work. You start, you know, doing better at events. You start moving up in the rankings, you know, like the Olympics is something that is within your wheelhouse, right? Like something that you can look at. And so, um, momentum. Yeah. What do you want to talk a little bit about momentum? I think it's, I think it's huge because, you know, it takes a lot to get it going as I know you saw in your own career, but it doesn't take much to drop it all. And then build momentum the other way. Now you're building yeah. momentum in like <laughs> not doing anything or, yeah. or, def- or moving away from your potential. So how, I don't know how to, how to ask this, but momentum is such a pivotal piece in achieving what you want to achieve. I think it allows for, more, for some ease too. Like when you've got momentum, you have to keep showing up, but well, I feel like yeah. there's an ease that's there because now Absolutely. you've got a little bit of evidence like, okay, I'm going to keep going. It gets easier because Absolutely. of that. Absolutely, yeah, but you, you're right. <clears throat> you've got to pay, but you've got to pay the dues and you've got to show up. But you know, 
<clears throat> you can't just, sh like, athletes will show up and go through the motions, too, you know? You can't, like, you're either, like, to me, you're either going, like, practicing good muscle memory and it's things going up, or I've seen athletes, like, get worse as the year has gone on because they literally have been going through the motions and their body position, their hand position, their, their, their footwork gets worse because they're not doing, like, they're not, they're just kind of there half-heartedly or not really thinking about it. And so that effort, the physical effort, but the mental effort, you know, I'm sure there's parts of running technique that are, it could be just so, so many sports. It's not like, oh, just let your body, you know, it's like all this stuff is counterintuitive. All these movements tend to be counterintuitive. Certainly in skiing they are, you know. You can't just go out and learn to ski by yourself without a coach and be great. It's not going to happen because it's, the technique is too nuanced. And I suspect it's the same in, there's plenty of that in, in your guys' arena as well. And so, <clears throat> yeah, it's, you know, but it's important. Yeah, but you can build momentum, but you've got to like be like sh on the sharp end of it every single day and show up and be present and, and have a goal for that day, whether you're going to, you know, hand position or wrist position or where your center's going to be over your toes or speed of absorption, depth of absorption. I could go on and on and on about that stuff. Yeah, and I think like what, like to expand upon what BJ was saying, like that moment, like we're always creating momentum. We are always creating momentum because we're always making choices. We're always taking action. We're you know even if that's just lying on the couch when we're supposed to be going out for a run. Like now we are we're creating momentum. Right. So we want to be aware, like athletes. I would think I want to be very aware of what direction that momentum is going in any yeah. given moment, you know? Is it, going and, in a, is it going in a good way or a bad way is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Um, and that's the difference between, you know, there's all shades of gray. You think about like great athletes and then, you know, okay athletes or good athletes. Just even between good and great. There's a big, there's like a lot, you know, in my, in my experience and I'm super picky about this stuff, you know, I'm like, you know, at nauseum, you know, just, you know, so picky about the details. But um, it's the great ones that really are fanatic about the details. You know? So your work ethic strong, super passionate. I mean, I know you personally. It, it, I've, I've mountain biked with you. I've ridden on the back of your motorcycle. Like, we've oh. done a lot of activities <laughs> together. Not about that. And yes. everything you do, you, I you're just amazing at, right? Like, it's just, you have That's this drive. <laughs> well, from my eyes, um, <laughs> most of what I've seen you attempt, um, you've done so well. And I think it's that, that drive, this excellence that you have. It's, it, I think it's in your DNA. You've got this excellence. Dude, I, I have so, a lot of shortcomings, but energy and persistence aren't... aren't yeah, well, Some and that's what, it, and those, are, but, those are two yeah. really important things <clears throat> that it takes. And so I guess my question is, as a coach... When you weren't seeing those standards that you hold, I know your yeah. standards are high. <laughs> How are you showing up as a coach for these athletes that are, you know, they're like they're nobody's doing this because they're not in pain, right? Like if they're falling off or they're moving away from their dreams, and you see it like it's a car crash in slow motion. Um, they're how do you hold that space for them? Um, I wasn't good at that. Uh, at the beginning, I wasn't good at that. Uh, as it, when I coached a national team, we had, <clears throat> it's a really good question. 
I love your I love your short answer. <laughs> I wasn't okay. good at that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I, um, at the big, yeah, I mean, I wasn't because I just expected all those guys just to be full on, and we had some old older people on the team that didn't believe they could be world champions, and then we had some young people on the team, and those older people kind of semi trying to sabotage those younger people because they knew they were going to be really good. <clears throat> so, so that was like, yeah. So, so, but, but the people that didn't want to really be there or didn't really want to train hard, it infuriated me, you know? And, and a lot of it is because, and I would tell them, I'm like, because they're better than they think they are and they should believe in themselves more. But you have to realize that in a team sport, well, it's not a team sport. It's, it, 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 mogul skiing is an individual sport, but it's a team, right? It's a national team. So you're going to have people on that team that are just citizens, right? But as long as they're not distracting the other group and they're not a negative impact to the group, um, then they're fine. They, everyone has a role to play, you know? That's really important. And then you've got your more like superstar people and those people will kind of bolster them a little bit. And, um, but I, it's a tough one because when I, when I first came on, it was not like a super great group. And, some of those people were negative, and I was really paranoid about them spreading negativity and spreading that sort of bad vibe throughout the rest of the team. That said, that, and so that's sort of okay for me to be sort of worried about that, or, but I probably could have done a better job of working with those people to make their lives a little bit, <clears throat> a little bit better, and subsequently they might not be so... <laughs> You know, you know. That, well, that's like, um, that's a big surrender of, well, two things. First, it's a big surrender of your ego, right? To be like, oh, now I have to support them. You know, they're just, they're negative. Yeah. Um, and then um, I should never say two things because I can never remember the second one. Um, yeah, let's just, let's just stay with that. That it's, you know, it's a surrender of the ego. You as a coach being in this high level role is their guide and they're spreading the negativity and here you are trying to learn how to support them so their life can be a little better so maybe they won't be so negative. But on their end, that negativity and that paranoia, that's also ego. So there's a lot yeah. of ego in that high level uh, yeah. sport. And I think you, do, would you agree you need that ego to compete at the top level? But how... How have you seen or how have you experienced, you know, getting that ego in check when it's just not serving either yourself, your dreams, or the collective of the team? Yeah, I think if you really look at the very best athletes, they've got that pretty in check. They've got their ego pretty mm -hmm. in check, you know, most of the time, not, not all the time. Sometimes these, you know, athletes can really run on super, super high ego and they're, depending on the sport, I think too, you know, like how, you know, how physical the sport is versus how mental the sport is. Some sports just take more mental fortitude. Golf, for instance, is like a significant amount of mental fortitude, right? Maybe, you know, you could say the same about tennis. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, you've got to sort of, you know, there's plenty of other sports too. I'm just picking those two um, so I'm familiar with them. It's like different than, and I, you know, if you're a lineman listening to this, maybe you'd disagree, but... To me, it's just, you know, being a lineman in the NFL, maybe there's not quite as mental, you know, it's not as mental as golf, you know. Mm -hmm. I, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So, but, um, but I think, <clears throat> I digress. So, yeah, I think that, uh, but I think some of the great ones really have their ego in check. And 
And they're just, you know, and I was, I was this is something I was good at, but, you know, just doing it, like you look at, you know, Jordan or Gretzky or, you know, these guys just do it out of the love, just passion and love of it. And really they're sort of being great or being, um, uh, I should say, being uh, popular is not really super important to them, you know? That's just a byproduct. Mm. It's maybe good or not good, you know, for them. Maybe some people don't like that spotlight at all and, or, you know, become exhausted by it. But, um, but I think, yeah, most of the great ones have their ego, you know, pretty in check. Yeah. I just and you, don't if think... you look at, uh, sorry, if you look at like <clears throat> that Netflix video, The Last Dance, you know, uh, the, you know the, the Bulls, that whole thing in the Bulls, like, look at um, um, Rodman. I mean, you know, Dennis Rodman was like, you know, how, like managing that guy, amazing, right? You know? <laughs> Like managing him, I'd have like lost my mind. And did you have you guys seen that video? Yeah, <laughs> but he was like in Vegas go, and like. going back to your point though, he was that he was that one piece at that time that made the collective totally work. Even though he was like the on the perimeter of every of God. you know s- s- sanity, you know. Yeah, it was yeah. he was awesome. I mean, big yeah, hard work. I mean. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what his work ethic was when he was, you know, in tra- in practice. But you know, he was the best rebounder in the NBA for numerous years, and you know, but he was just, t- yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it's awesome. So there's always, you know, there are all these lessons <laughs> to be learned, Jess. You know, <laughs> all these lessons to be learned as an athlete or as a coach or, yeah, you know, I'm around that level so much. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'm around World Cup athletes. I'm like, eh. <laughs> well, it gets like, it gets normalized, right? Like yeah, a bunch of triathletes normal. talking about Ironman, you know, like I'm right. doing five. Like that's shouldn't normal, like that's right. not a shock. Like you're doing five Ironmans in a year. Right. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, things get things get normalized. Um Yeah, pulling on the thread of de- why are details so important? Like you we talked about this I think on our call mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Why why are they so important to you? Have you have you gone through things not being detail oriented and and learned from that or What's the importance um, of it? I, uh, so I think, I th- just one sec on that, but I just think passion, you know, really, passion really drives it, you know? Passion is going to drive all of what we're talking about, give or take, you know, and just love for it and romance about it. And that's something that I've just always been, like, just hyper-romantic about the whole process. Like I was saying, like, going out and skiing in the freezing cold in Killington or the like it's pouring rain or I just, that stuff just never really bothered me. Just people don't want to go out in that, but just, yeah, just never really bothered me. So just FYI on that. So um, detail. So I I think when I was skiing, there just weren't as many details. There just wasn't as much sports science. Our coaches weren't as detail oriented and it wasn't because I think they did a great job. I was really lucky, purely luck, purely luck to have good coaches when I was at the Ski Academy in Killington at Killington Mountain School. So I had good coaches. You can have good coaches and not such good coaches. and You happen to just be in that program, but I was really fortunate. I was with my old coach, Park Smalley, since seventh grade last night. We, it was awesome. It was awesome. We were, you know, I've known that guy since seventh grade, and, and he was in a, a huge part of my career. And then, and then we, yeah, when I was at Killington Mountain School, um, I had great coaches, so but we they just didn't have a lot of detail back then. And then as the sport has progressed and the sports world in general has progressed, there's been you know there's more detail and more detail that makes you that can make you better, right? So 
So some people that aren't really sophisticated in their approach just ignore that detail or just choose not to, choose not to utilize what's, what's available. Like what's, what's the best, like you have to ask yourself as an athlete is if you want to be a world-class athlete or not, maybe not, maybe just even a recreational athlete, but you want to be your best. Like what are best practices out there? And you know, best, I mean, what are like, just, you have to just ask someone who's really knowledgeable, like really knowledgeable. You've got to be able to sort of know who you're talking to and how, how experienced they are and what their, you know, what their background is. But then you should be like, okay, what are, what are best practices? Like not just national, not just in your town or not just in your county or not just in your state or your country, but worldwide, what are the best practices? What are the best people doing? And I, I was, you know, and so, so now, you know, as time has gone on, I'm like, I'm just so stimulated by like, oh, what? You can do that and that'll make you better? Oh, what? And I'm just, this stuff is coming at me and, you know, I'm like, oh, we can implement that. We can implement that. We can implement that and make these guys and these girls so good. So that, you know, that just really turns me on. So I, I've always been pretty detail oriented, but there's just more details to, to uh, and then, you know, and then next sort of naturally, because I've been in the thing for so long, I can, I kind of decide like you can't do everything, but you can decide like what's, what's most imperative, you know, what's really most important to get, you know, some stuff. Yeah, you just can't do everything. And so you've got to decide, you've got to be a good judge of what's important, what's not important, and then go with those, go with that technology, those details, et cetera. Is that, did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it, you, you've talked about it before in our calls, and I feel like we can we can get obsessed with it too. We can get obsessed with details so that they even like trump where you're actually going with your goal. That like you get so involved in like I need to have these types of sneakers, and I need to have you know this kind of shorts. So it's I, I I think it's your relationship to all this information and what information the coach deems as. We're going to focus on this and use this to the best of its abilities, and when it when it no longer serves us, we'll move on to the next next piece of um, yeah. Information. The coach has to keep it super real about that stuff, you know. Like you have to have an experienced coach that's going to keep it super real and go like, well, what kind of shoes or what kind of shorts? Like, I don't know. I don't. I doubt that's going to make anyone any faster. I don't know that much about your sport, but I <laughs> doubt there's really you know too much maybe shoes. But once you're in the same genre of shoes, whatever. But <clears throat> yeah, I think the coach has to keep it really real about that stuff and, and really be able to know that athlete well. Be, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Worry about this stuff. Like, have a priority list. And that stuff at the bottom will probably never going to, you know, I'm coaching <clears throat> this young lady. Uh, I'm, I'm um, uh, sorry, I'm um, advising her. Um, uh, her name is Olivia Giaccio, and she's on the U.S. team, and I've coached her since she was quite young. Um, she's always been really serious and, and she reminds me of like a smarter version of me when I was her age, you know, she's like, you know, she's going to Columbia, you know, online and she's just bright and she's really ambitious and she's really detail oriented and she struggles a little bit on the competitive side. She's been kind of 10th in the world, 11th in the world, 10th in the world. And then she was injured and she's coming back and she had a pretty good year last year and she's trying to qualify for the Olympics this year. And she's like a total pleasure to work with because she's on every detail. And we've, and I think I'm going off on a tangent, but I think this is worth, this is worth digressing uh, for. And so we've created the, this document called The Mission. And um, it's, it's 12 pages long. And, uh, we, and we talk about 
the things she needs to do technically and mentally. And there's going to be like, we, we, there's parts of it. We keep it super real. Like there's parts of it, um, that, uh, that speak about there's going to be times of self-doubt and, you know, and, and because it just is part of life. It's part of life. So you can't ignore that and just be like positive, 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 positive all the time and ignore that stuff or fight it. It's better just to embrace it, right? Mm-hmm. And like, okay, I've had some self-doubt at the moment. You know, let's talk through this or I can work through that, you know? And um, so we've got this 12-page, yeah, this 12-page mission and it, it addresses all of her sort of idiosyncrasies or all of her whatever we need to address. Schedules, you know, competition schedules, training schedules, what she's going to do at these training camps, volume at these training camps, volume of uh, what, you know, what technically she's going to work on with her jumps, with her skiing, you know, and then it's awesome. I mean, it's awesome. We've just built this out sort of fairly organically and um, she's all in and yeah. And, um, and then we also have, a, she also like ice. I wrote a mantra, a base mantra, and then I let her modify it. So at the beginning of every training session um, that we have, or every time I speak to her, or when she, before she goes on the hill, or before she goes to go water jump or whatever, um, she says the mantra. And it's like short, so it's succinct, and she can get it done quickly. It's, you know, whatever, 30 seconds, but it's awesome. So, <laughs> so those are the details, man. Those are the details, you know? That, that's, the, the, you know that's the stuff that... You know, and you, you know, you never know, but you've got to give yourself the best shot you can. You've got to give yourself the best shot you can. And there's so much these days that can give you that, give you more of a shot as far as getting information. Like, you know, I bet the skier, did the skiers wear like heart rate monitors and things Mm -hmm. like that? And you probably didn't have any of that stuff. No. 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 So. Yeah, the recovery and. Yeah. yeah, All the recovery. Um, Yeah. Let's dig into your your like up your your career, like your background and your career. You grew up in Jersey, so yeah, through fifth grade, yeah, yeah. How'd yeah. you end up in Albertville, France? It's a crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's a long. It's a long. It's a good question. It's a long. It's a crazy kind of story. I was really lucky, you know. And I don't know some people, you know, you can think it's destiny or whatever. I don't know, but I just feel. Some of it's just luck, just being in the right place at the right time. I mean, a lot of you can create. We've discussed this before. I just, I remember discussing this with you guys like ages ago. But you can, you can, if you work hard and you take care of the details and you show up and you're really mindful about the thing, start to finish, every, da, 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 you're, doing the, you're really doing the business on the sharp end, um, you're going to create a lot of your own luck, right? You're going to, for sure, the harder you work, the luckier you get. No one will ever tell me, you know, you can't put your finger on that, but no one will ever tell me that's not true. No one will ever be able to convince me that's not true. Um, but, but I was just lucky. <laughs> I was just, I got lucky to, to, you know, and then I, but then I took that luck and I ran with it like I stole it. Like I ran with that, like I stole it and I would never relinquish you know, because I, and that's like, I felt so fortunate until like, you know, really until like two weeks ago. And I'm still going to do, I'm going to still be with Olivia, of course. And, um, and then, um, um, yeah. And then some other athletes, I'm going to do some consulting with the winter sports club and whatever. But So how do you get from New Jersey up to Killington? Cause that's where you really, that's where it really started to unfold for you. Yeah, sort of. So yeah, so we're in New Jersey and, uh, we would ski it's up at Stratton a little bit, and I loved it. I loved it. I, I, like, from the beginning, I just loved to do this. I mean, How crazy. old were you? When you're, were you would you go um, with your dad? 
yeah, I would go with my dad and my brother and sister, but I was just far more keen than they were right from the beginning. <laughs> and, and, and so, yeah, just so funny. I remember I had, like, my dad was pretty cheap, so I had wood skis, and, and the ski technology was way better than, than what I'm about to tell you. But I had wood skis with screw-in edges and these, like, bear trap bindings, and I had leather lace-up boots. This wasn't like in the 1960s or the 50s, but my dad was too cheap, so that's what he got me. So, so or that's what we had, I don't know, sitting around. So I, would, I remember the spring, we were stratting in the spring, and my skis were sucking again, like they wouldn't glide, and I, at night, I'm like rubbing on the silver wax, like just trying to go faster. But it was like clister, some like random, like silver wax, I remember, because I was so, my dad would be way ahead of me, because he had like sweet, he had a sweet setup. And so anyway, and then I got, <laughs> wait a minute. He spent all the money on his setup and he gave you like some wooden, wooden janky sh- shit. Yeah, like wooden shoes to go skiing. No, Here it you go, terrible. kid. It was crazy. And uh, like, yeah, whatever. And uh, yeah, so I'm sort of proud that I had to actually ski in leather lace up boots, but I'm not that old. So, so then, uh, yeah, whatever. And then, um, but I was always really keen. And then, I went ski as much as I could with any family that would, you know, if my dad wasn't going up, then I'd go ski with our friends or whatever. So I was into it. And then, and then we, moved to the, uh, we moved to the west, to Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's and um, for a few years, my dad started a building business there. And then my parents split. And my mom moved back to the east coast. And I moved back with her. And the dean of my high school... Um, he was the assistant coach of the Alpine race team. And, um, oh, sorry. So uh, let me just go back. So in middle school, when we lived in Albuquerque, we had a place, um, a small place up in um, uh, Durango, Colorado, uh, in uh, um, uh, Purgatory Ski Resort. And um, that was the same thing. I would be the first one up. I'd be out the door. I wouldn't wait for anyone. Like, they'd have to go find me on the, on the hill because I didn't want to wait till, like, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock. You know, I was, like, just into it. I was just into it. I had, like, watched all the, you know, TV shows and magazines. I was just into it, you know, <laughs> just crazy into it. And then, and then, yeah, I went to a ski camp here in Steamboat in seventh grade. It's, like, a million years ago. And learn to like to do flips um, into the water, like into the water jump. And I was pretty good acrobat. Like I was super into trampoline at the time, so it was a, it was like a kind of a natural sport for me to, to to be part of because freestyle moguls has an inverted aerial component. So that was really good for me. Um, but um, then yeah, so then we moved back east. I moved back with my mom, and then high school, um, and met the. Uh, the dean of the high school, who was assistant coach of the Alpine team. Then he took me, he had a house in Killington, and he and his family took me to Killington because he knew I was out of my mind about skiing. And then I ended up going to Killington. I asked him, like, oh, can I join the Killington program? He's like, yeah, because my parents were split. So he's like kind of like a surrogate father for me and subsequently like the best man in, in our wedding. And I talked to him all the time. Great, great guy. And so, yeah, so I... I went and skied to Killington. I went to the mountain school, and then yeah, made basically I made the national team from there. But I was just lucky that you know, you know, my mom happened to move to the part of Connecticut with that high school, with that, with Paul Holmes, with that guy that had a house in Killington. That was you know that had nothing to do with me driving it or you know working hard. That was just pure luck. And 
Yeah, I mean, you know, that like, hum- no, just talking about it today after so many years humbles me, you know? Yeah. It really does. Yeah. yeah. What was your first, through, through that story, you know, you're skiing, you're in Killington, what was your first piece of evidence that, that showed that you should pursue this? You're already pursuing it because you had a passion for it, but that you should, you should go to that next level. Where was the first event or incident or experience? I, I, that's a good question. I think that I felt like I was getting better than everyone else at a faster rate. I felt like I was like, they were better than me, but at my rate of improvement, they were improving kind of slowly. And I was like, shoot, you know, and I, I felt that and I, you know, I felt like, yeah, I think that my, just my effort level was there. And that just, that was sort of like the beginning of that momentum, I would say. And just like my improvement rate was really good. And I was good jumper, good, you know, good, good at inverted aerials and the acrobatic side that, that was, came to me quite naturally. So the skiing part, you know, took me a while to, to catch up. Um, but that, I think that was the, that was the moment. What was it about the moguls that you love besides that? They're just like, you can just hammer, tear through those, which I know I just, (laughs) we've seen you. (laughs) Yeah. Which I've seen you do many times, but, um, I know you love that, that wild speed. I just think it looks cool. <laughs> I just think it looks badass when someone's just shredding down the moguls, like down the line, and they've got good absorption. I just think it looks cool. So I was like, yeah, that looks super cool. I just want to do that really, really well. There's I that- want to do that at the Olympic Games. <laughs> I, was, I was giggling this morning, early in the morning, as I was you know, writing the intro, and I was you know, doing some searches on you, just like, oh, I've never even searched on him. Let's see what comes up. And there's a picture of you and Google Images, and you're, this is you like in your heyday. And, um, the white suit. Yeah, I think he's got, you got like a white suit on, and you're, you know, you're, on, the, you're on the hill, and you're, you're just shredding it, it looks in this picture. But like no helmet, you know, um, headband, you got like yeah. the, you know, the Dayglo orange and yeah. the white suit on and everything. And I'm just like, oh, my God, you were a hundred percent just like playing that role, just playing that role and so basic. Like I can't imagine that they would go out on the hill like that with those moguls without a helmet these days. No, I mean, no one, no one doesn't wear a helmet anymore. I wear a helmet, (laughs) you know, when I ski. Yeah. It's funny because I resisted for so long. We were living in Whistler. When Jess and I were living in Whistler, you know, the, the, the Whistler Black Home, the train's gnarly there. I wasn't wearing a helmet then. This is just a few years ago. <laughs> like skiing stuff, you just can absolutely cannot fall. You like, if you fall, you're really going to get like beat up or dead. Like maybe not dead, maybe, but certainly like get plenty fast. You're like not, yeah, you get dead. And, and like, yeah, we're wearing a helmet then. It's like insane. But yeah, no, you have to wear a helmet, of course, now. Because you know, the speeds are really, really high and the jumps are more difficult and the whole thing, but yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask for, um, similar to BJ's question about you know, like taking it to the next level, when was the first, do you remember kind of that first time frame where the Olympics were like something you were like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to go for that? I, I just remember the year I made the U.S. team I was just like on a mission. I, I just can't, like that, that's, a, that's the way I would describe it. I was just on a mission. And, and I remember going to that Nationals in Winter Park, Colorado, at National Championships. And I, and I know if I ski well there, I can get a spot on the US ski team. 
I just remember not being intimidated by those guys. Like a lot of people are like, oh, they're so... And I just remember thinking like, these guys are not that good. And they, that, maybe sound, that maybe sounds egotistical, but I just, that's, I'm just be, being honest with you. Like, I just felt like, oh, those guys aren't that good. And I can beat those guys. And, you know, I don't know. And you did. I did. And yeah. And uh, that was sort of the beginning. And it's not that I didn't think that I had a lot of work to do. I had a lot of work to do. I just thought that the relative level, you know, and that I, did, I think the biggest thing is what I saw when they would, when those guys say, then, you know, those guys would come to Killington and train or whatever. I never thought, like, these guys don't look like, you know, I think that they're just like regular people and that I can just, like, I can just keep improving, 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 and it's as long as I stay hungry and I don't know, you know? So. And yeah. returning, to, returning to the Olympics um, as a coach so many years later, um, was that ever anything in your vision like that? Did you ever feel like I'm going to come back to the Olympics, like either as an athlete or like, did you ever feel that pull like you weren't done yet? Whether, I, I, whether you knew, like you didn't know what was coming, but did you ever, when you left Albertville, when you left those Olympics, like, did you ever feel like you weren't done yet? Not really. I think, um, I think as my career went on, um, I kind of knew when to say when. You know, I knew that I was sort of past my prime. And so there was, because <clears throat> that was after 92, that's when they, they did the, because you know there's an Olympics every two years now. It's like summer, winter, summer, winter, summer, winter. <clears throat> so it went 92, then it went 94. So they had two, like the winter game athletes got the benefit of having two Olympics within, you know, after two years, like went 92 in Albertville and went 94 in, um, in uh, Lillehammer, Norway. Mm -hmm. So, but I was just like, I think I'm, I think I'm done, you know, skiing on the World Cup. I think I'm probably past my prime. And also the Pro Tour started up at that time and there was money to be made and there were sponsors, like my sponsors from the World Cup, saying, well, if you go ski the Pro Tour, we can create this pro team, and nah, nah, you know, and there was, there was less restrictions financially at that time. Now there's very few restrictions on World Cup, but at that, it, you know, that was sort of the time where there were still some restrictions financially about signing different contracts, et cetera. Mm -hmm. so, so the Pro Tour was, was a good, that was a good segue for me to get like, you know, to like, so I didn't, yeah, so I could kind of keep living the mogul skiing fantasy a little bit, but. Yeah. Was, yeah, and I bet there and was then, a little bit of fanfare there too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was sweet. It was. A really I'm sure sweet, you hated that. Sweet. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know me. You know me, huh? You know me well. So, but but when I coached, you know, I I I didn't. I never coached because um, I felt like I had unfinished business, or or because um, or like I, I was like still like a wannabe or, you know, um, felt like I hadn't done, you know, enough as an athlete. Like I, when I was skiing, I remember thinking someday I would love to coach. Mm. I remember thinking that. And I, you know, even when I was like a little kid, you know, in eighth grade, ninth grade, coming out to ski camp here in Steamboat, like, like I would sort of like junior coach. And I just liked to coach, you know, and I just liked to give back. And, and so the, really the biggest yeah, I think the biggest reason I've coached, and certainly more recently with this U15 group, these 13, 14-year-old kids, is because you just want to give back to youth. And that, like, to serve youth, to me, has been 
you know, really, really, really nice and, you know, sort of really an honor. I mean, just, just something I just love to do. I've, I've told this to our U15 parents and athletes a lot. Last year, we had a, a great assistant coach for U15, and I was, you know, director of the program here in Steamboat Plus, you know, head coach of U15. A great, great assistant coach guy I've known for a long time. He's like my age and really knowledgeable and really passionate. But um, just the group of kids was amazing. And I said, all my years coaching, it was one of my favorite years ever. Like, including the, you know, like right up there with coaching those Olympic teams and those Olympic years. Like, I love coaching those kids. Mm. So, um, and, you know, you just meet each kid. You know, you provide a really, the goal is always, for me, is to provide a really, really high level, kind of run it like a little mini national team, right? With Like, really a, a good attention to detail, which is really important to me. And then the kids that don't want to, say, be on the national team, there's plenty of kids in that U15 group that don't want to be on the national team, but you just meet them where they are. But they're getting all this trickle-down effect from the top, right? From what I'm providing, you know, this kid wants to be on the U.S. team. Or the, you know, we have one kid who has got Swedish um, citizenship. His mom's Swedish, so, so he may ski for Sweden. We don't know, but it's still early. But, um, but yeah, you know, like, he wants to be on the national team. So he, I'm, like, coaching him at this level, and these other kids are getting all this, and, but I'm meeting them where they are. Like where they, you know, where they, where their goals are. It's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> Have you coached, <clears throat> can you recall coaching um, an athlete up, you know, coaching them up from, from what their abilities are, but then with the coaching and information, maybe it's, maybe it's one of the people you're working with in the U15 or have worked and they just like glom on to every word you say and they, you, they get to the point where they have taken themselves well beyond probably what their parents thought um, was possible. Yeah. So that's, a, that's, a, that's a really good question. I, I think that's, as coaches, that's where the rubber hits the road because you, can, um, like you can't just wait for the next um, Michaela Schifrin or Lindsey Vaughn or Bodie Miller to just drop into your program or drop on your lap and go, well, I created... Michaela Schiffer, I mean, it's like, and it's not that it hasn't taken a lot of work to get her to where she is. She's done a lot of work and they've done a lot. They paid, a, you know, a lot of attention to detail. Don't get me wrong. That said, it's the athletes that are, you know, just good, you know, but you're like, you know, you're with them. You're like eye to eye. You're just doing it every day and you get them to like far, way past what anyone, what they expected, what you expected. You know, and it's not like a coach, you're like, oh yeah, well, we're gonna, this is all gonna work out. Like you don't always know it's gonna work out, you know, but you just put your head down, you put your blinders on, you don't worry about, you, you, you eliminate all that sort of self-doubt or that, well, what if, what if, what if? Like you can't do that. You know, you just have to have that freaking narrow road, that narrow corridor and just put your head down, put all the doubts away and just grind it every day. But yeah, I've, I've done that with a number of athletes and that is like unbelievably gratifying. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably gratifying. Like for instance, this U15 kid, he's actually should be in U13, but we moved him up. He's young, he's okay athletic, and he's at the top of the water, water jump two weeks ago. Like for 15 minutes, won't do backflip. Like properly scared. That's his world, right? This kid's uh, 12... 12 years old, 12, 13. It's this world. Like, it's coming down. Like, I'm going to die if I do this. And I'm coaching him, and I'm like, you got it. You got it. No problem. You know, and, and he won't go. You know, he's like freaking out. So then that kid that has Swedish um, 
uh, citizenship goes up there. He's a really nice, super dynamic kid. Goes up there and he's coaching him. Then the other kids. And then all 10 kids, we have 11 kids in that group during each session in the summer. All 11 kids are up there cheering this kid on. Like peer pressuring him to go. Just do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. He goes, does backflip. You know, it's like, you want to talk about bravery? Like that kid's 13 years old. That's his like life at that moment. No, you know what I'm saying? He's going to like literally, he thinks he's going to die even though he's not. So awesome to see that bravery and see a kid. And then like over time, it's just day after day after day, we forced him to do it, forced him to do it, forced him to do it. After a while, he'd just step up, boom, and go. He didn't take 15 minutes. He didn't take 10 minutes or five minutes. He'd take 10 seconds and go. It was awesome. So yeah. you know, that happens at young ages. It can happen at, in adulthood, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's putting yourself in those unbelievably uncomfortable situations where you just think you're going to die. Right? I'm sure that happens in, in, in Iron Man all the time. Like, I can't do it, or I'm going to, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's that really imagine. fear. Fear just is so paralyzing. It just like, it, you just paral- you get paralyzed. You can't move. You can't, you can't get out of your own way. And so that's so amazing that all those kids, and they have, you know, have a coach to kind of like urge them along. But, it's the, but back to something we wanted to talk about was taking score too soon. If that kid had been up mm. there and was like, you know, I, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. Everybody, you know, kind of shied away from him because they didn't want to, you know, kind of urge him to, to move on. Like he would have, he would have stopped at that moment potentially and then turned around, got back off and like never approached skiing again. So it's in these moments. And that's just one example. You just shared one beautiful example. And we as adults ex- experience these daily, maybe not to that extreme at the top of a, a slalom, but we experience them daily in the choices that we make, the, the food choices we make, the, the getting in a car and turning left when we should be going right. There's many things that are so small that are just second nature to us right now. But in those moments that that kid was up there, it's that that's, that's the pivotal moment where, we're fa- where the rubber meets the road. We face the fear. We have a choice. We either move forward or we move backwards. And it's that, if you're not there to make, if you're not actively there to make that decision, you're going to default to what's comfortable. And for most of us, it's going to be fear and safe. Let's get- Dude, that is like, but like, right. But like to me as a, as a human being, but as an athlete and a coach and a coach, I mean, that was really gratifying for me to see him do that. But like, that is like what it's about when you conquer that stuff. That is like the, those are like, yeah, I, I, that was awesome that I was able to, to do that, right? That's like what it's about. That's what sort of drives me like every day, you know? Mm-hmm. Just to like, you know, conquer, conquer some of that fear or just be like, I think something that I would say I've been pretty good at is whatever, as a coach or as an athlete is I'm pretty comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like, I like to be in uncomfortable situations I'm like in, a, in a foreign country and I'm trying to speak the language and just put myself out there. You know, I think that's, I think that's really, really important. Um, but to go back to, um, what did you say? Uh, oh, keeping score or taking score too early. I think, and I, uh, yeah, I think that if you just, again, I think it comes down to passion or uh, maybe not. I think that if you're just really, focused on the process, then all of the 
results and the PB, you know, personal bests or personal records or world records or whatever are just a byproduct of the process. So just stick with the process. Enjoy the process, you know, and enjoy not enjoying the process at times, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know. The, the more that you stand up to something that's scary and you do it or you, you know, I guess that's, un- that's uncomfortableness as well, like, or do something that's uncomfortable, the more you do it, it doesn't... I mean, maybe it gets a little less uncomfortable. I don't know. But it gets easier to do it anyway. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. It gets easier, yeah. It gets easier to do it anyway. Even though it's scary, it gets easier to do it. And you've got to start with whenever that next time that fear is right in your face. Yeah. And that stuff builds you up. Like like in 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 the athletic sense, it builds you up. Like you, you conquer that fear. So it builds you up physically. You're like, oh, I can mm-hmm. run or ride or swim that amount. Um, uh, I can do that. And then that builds you up sort of emotionally. It builds you up mentally. This whole thing just has this sort of like, this effect, this positive effect, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that's like, it's like the best. Um, so as we're starting to come to the end of our conversation, um, what? I thought it's only been like twenty minutes. I know, isn't it crazy? <laughs> so much more to cover. I know. Well, we'll have you back on, maybe, uh, or we'll just come to Steamboat and get together. My God, it's been a long time since It'd we've seen awesome. you. It'd be awesome. Um, Love to see you guys. You are on. You've just taken a totally different direction in your professional life. Um, you've. You're. I mean, with the exception of. Uh, the athlete or whatever athletes you work with, um, you know, moving forward, primarily though, you're not coaching anymore. I mean, and this is decades, right? Have you been skiing for what, five decades? Like, <laughs> like I think it's more like nine decades. <laughs> those those no, skis that I mean, you were on, those wooden skis were brand they freaking were in new. The 40s. You're lying about your age. <laughs> No, I mean, but like yeah, four, no, four decades, I mean, I, I five know. decades, four decades, like you've yeah, been well, in this and you know, oof, that's a, yeah. that's going to be kind of scary, right? What, you're stepping into the unknown. Like, who are you without all, without yeah, all that's that? Like, sort of like being comfortable, being uncomfortable. It's like, I just, I'm, you know, I'm going to, there's so many, you know, yeah, I don't know. There's always someone inspirational to find or someone to learn from or something, you know, to learn, and uh, but I'm definitely a rookie, and I'm a little like scrambly as far as what my like. I don't know, like you were saying about technology and things you you know things you have to ignore and not use and that are not important. I'm not sure what that is currently yet in real estate because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff out there, and some stuff is really imperative, and some stuff is not. But I'm not sure of the stuff that's not. So I've I've got to figure that out. But yeah, no, I've st- I was in real estate. That's an interesting thing too, actually, because when I left the national team for Canada after the 06 games in Torino, I quit coaching and I was never going to coach again, like never. And then I, and I got into real estate and I really enjoyed it. I loved the challenge. It was fun and, and to help people find homes and because I like real estate's been really good to me in this town and, and um, just, just the home ownership thing. I don't know why I dig it so much, but, um, um, and then, uh, and then I got kind of lower, like when the economy went soft, I sort of like, and, and um, I got lured back into coaching. And that's when Jess and I moved to Whistler, which was, I was that was an, one of my most amazing um, uh, coaching career, uh, 
chunks of my coaching that four years with the Canadian Sport Institute. They were just, there were so many knowledgeable people that um, I got to handpick my athletes, which was awesome. And then based on their work ethic, pretty much, and talent, <laughs> work ethic, which was awesome. That, that was a like little dream come true. Did that throw a wrench that into their like, program? That's was, amazing. No, they, that, was, that was like, that was amazing. No, no, that's what they wanted me to do. And then, um, but then there were all these people that were involved in different sports that the Canadian Sport Institute supports, and they were just this wealth of knowledge. I could just go from person to person and go to all these different coaching seminars and learn all this stuff, and it was just... That was the like probably the you know some of my most favorite favorite years of coaching and living in British Columbia and mountain biking and skiing and that whole you know province. And it it seems like that organization is similar to like what our audience would know is like the USAT, which is United States um, Triathlon, where they have a development program. Like younger, so the up and coming, like they're developing these younger Swimmers athletes and, and runners, quote into. unquote, yeah, like grooming them for representation. That, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Amazing. Yeah, they, I'm glad that triathlon has mm-hmm. something like that, and that's great. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, and I love, yeah, I love coaching that level, and I'm still really close with one of those athletes who was fourth at World Championships this past year. But um, but yeah, so so yeah, so I, I so yeah. I'll definitely miss skiing. I'll miss the athletes. I'll miss those guys a ton. Um, and I'm still in touch with them, and I will be a lot, I suspect. Um, but um, but it's just time. It's just time, you know? Yeah. It's just time. I want to, yeah. And, and if I'm going to run a program, it's got to be, like, really super high. It's got to feel really high level. And I have to, it's really important for me that the athletes, whether they're, like that kid, that U13 kid, or the the kid that's going to want to make the national ski team, that they're really getting the best, best stuff. That's, you know, yeah, that's number one to me. Like if you if you had kids and they, you know, you and you brought them to me for me to coach them, like I have to honor that relationship with like those kids are going to come home going, I got really, really good stuff today. That guy really knows his stuff and he's really paying attention to the new, you know, to the to the. The details, you know, he's like, yeah. And th- there's no doubt when you're doing that, like with these U15 athletes, there's no doubt that when the coaches are doing that, you just create this bond and this team energy that's, you know, yeah, it's like the best. So, um, but anyway, moving on to, to real estate. Yeah, I'm like totally stoked to be like it's pro- It sounds like it's a good time, but there's also the you never know, right? Like you just never know where life is going to take you. You just, you, you never know. And just for the record, if we were to um, give you our kids, it wouldn't be for coaching. It would be to raise them. Just, yeah. just go live with, so <laughs> you know us. <laughs> Somehow we got these kids. Got to give them to Bobby to raise them. Um, so what do see you, what Enzo says about that. Yeah, yeah. So you have a son, Enzo, and um, uh-huh. BJ just shared with me a video of him, like in the in the park on his bike. The pump, was it the oh pump yeah, the pump track. track. Yeah, the yeah. pump track. So he yeah. looks like he's following his dad's um, legacy pretty well. Is he a little daredevil? Is he? He's pretty. He's yeah. He's maybe like a little more. I asked my aunt that because I can't really remember what I was like at that age. But I asked my aunt that. She said uh, you were more of a daredevil, but I don't know. I think he's maybe. Slightly measured, but he's definitely like he's a risk taker for sure. Like he's a risk taker, and he's he's like yeah, pretty like forward, 
kind of kid and he likes to be active like he likes to he loves the reps and i love the reps <laughs> anything i'm doing i could throw the frisbee on the beach with you forever just cuz i just i'm like how can i get it to bj right hand right hand's going right to his right hand it's going to go his left hand like an hour and a half later you'll be like okay enough i'm like one more See, you know? this is what I was talking about earlier with riding motorcycles, racing bikes, like whatever it is that you do, you like you go full boat. Repetition, repetition. Yeah, you yeah, love the reps. Just, Beach loves the I reps just like too. It. I love the reps. I love the loops and the reps, like right, <laughs> over and over and over and over and over. Right, that you're like romantic about yeah. that, right? Yeah, you're just like this is awesome. This is so like cool. I wouldn't want to be doing anything else but this mm-hmm. right now, you know? <laughs> right? Yes. Nice. Yeah. So you're still, um, and you're still shredding it on the hill. I was told you I was watching some YouTube videos with you and Deb Armstrong, and um, you're you guys are going down this legit slope, moguls, and you're filming her, and I can see your shadow. You're on the same moguls that she's on. You've got your poles tucked under your arm, and you're filming her. Like I don't know how you stayed upright. Like you're still pretty legit out there, dude. Um, Not for an old guy. Yeah. Not washed up, but yeah, all right for an old guy. (laughs) Do you get competitive at all out there when you're out there having fun? You don't. Not even tiny bit. Not even a little bit. Not really. I mean, like, like you know, we'll be like with our (laughs) athletes, and like we'll like we'll like duel a little bit. Like like side by side, but not really, no. But I like I like to ski like you know, I like to like give her, you know, for sure and like shred when the when the conditions are, are right, you know, yeah. I mean, but I'm not like no, not really. I like to ski well. I mean, I'm not like I don't wanna not ski well if I'm I'm working I'm constantly working on my stuff. It's like with Deb, when we get done shooting those videos, because you know, she's like really great alpine racer and I take you know, take still quite you know, like working on my technique, like on the groomed slopes, you know? And I'm like, Deb, go down there and watch me and coach me. <laughs> like, freaking old man. I'm like, still like telling her to like, go and coach me. But, and then like my mother-in-law was on the national ski team for, um, for some period of time. And she's been teaching ski school in Steamboat for almost 50 years. And so when we go skiing as a family, like on Christmas or whatever, I'm like, Nancy, go down and watch me. <laughs> it's like, ridiculous. Totally ridiculous, you know? And then, yeah, Jess's uncle skied at the Olympics in 68 in Grenoble, and so sort of a skiing family. Jess was an NCAA cross-country skier, and so it's sort of this like, skiing family. So that's what we do. Nice. It's what we love. It's what we do on Thanksgiving and Christmas, and, you know, da-da-da, just because it's like, yeah. It's fun. It. Yeah. is just the perfect community for that. Yeah. It seems like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We're lucky. It. Yeah. And Enzo, who's your son, he's, uh, he's growing up in a great place. And sounds like he's got some good athletic genes in his... In his DNA. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I think so. If he wants Decent. to uh, swim, bike, and run, you can send him out. I will. Trust me. So cow. Trust me. I'd go to the experts. <laughs> I'd, go to the, I'd go right to the experts. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So what are you excited about now? What are you excited about? I'm excited, uh, I'm excited to raise my son and spend time with him. Hmm. Like, it's so fun. Every moment is a teaching moment for both of us. Like, I can teach him things. He can teach me things. Like when we go out and bounce trampoline out of the water jumps, he like bounces and he loves it. And I've taught him some stuff. Then I've had other athletes kind of teach him some stuff. And, and then when I, and then we take turns. And then when I bounce, I'm like, Enzo, coach me. Like who asks a four-year-old to coach them? Mm-hmm. Nobody. Like he's not even four. He's going to be four this weekend. But <laughs> this is like even last summer. But like who asked a two and a half or a three and a half year old to coach them? Why isn't that? I thought that was kind of brilliant. And so you just have like this like 
And he's like, oh, dad, well, you know, pop, do this with your arms or do, do spinner. Like, so I'll do 360 or whatever. But it's so cool. And that sort of empowers him, right? I like this technique. Yeah. yeah, I never, I just, it sort of came to me. I'm pretty creative about that sort of that kind of stuff anyway, but I just have him coach me. Right. And it's so funny. Well, so he's, and and then he's learning how to give feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, coach me. You know, so he becomes like open, like Mm open-minded as well. And that wasn't, I didn't do that. So then I could coach him at all. But it was just, it's like natural on trample. Oh, well, try to do 360. You know, keep your body straight or keep your eyes up or, you know, whatever. And then it's just cool. So that's what I'm like really most excited about in my life. And, and, and finding that time also with, with Jess, with my wife, Jess, you know, and, and um, making sure that like we keep that, like our relationship really good as well. Um, I think uh, like, like, what was it? Uh, Monday. She, she got out of school. She teaches school and she got out and I left work early and we went and rode for an hour and 15 minutes. We rode up on Emerald Mountain, our mountain bikes. And then boom, she went to pick Enzo up. I rode a little longer, and, you know, so, so just to find that like a little more balance uh, is, would be really nice. And to get good at, to get good at something I'm not good at right now, mm. get good at real estate. Nice. Oh, you're going yeah, yeah, like, to kill it. We'll see. We'll see. I, I certainly have goals and put my head down for sure. So yeah, I mean, all that but, yeah. athlete discipline can translate to whatever it is that you're pursuing. Yeah, I created a whole goal sheet. I'm ready to go? <laughs> do you have your twelve? Do you have your twelve page, page mission, mission statement? statement. <laughs> it is called the mission, by the way. I stole that from mine and Olivia's mission. It is called the mission, but it's not twelve pages. I don't think it should be. <laughs> not with ADD. I'd be like twelve pages. I got to read over that every day. Oh my God, can you share one goal with us before we wrap it up? Uh, um, my real estate goal? Yeah. A real estate goal? A oh, goal, yeah. It's going to sound kind of real estate-y. Or a goal that you have in, in life. Oh. Uh, it's going to sound real estate <laughs> It's going to be something really profound. I'm not, I'm not, uh, uh, no, um, I, um, just be, just, just be a, Uh, have a goal and just be a better, like, just be a better human being every day. Just be cognizant of who you are every day. I don't know. How's that sound? I, I don't think know. that's Something a pretty, like that. I think that's a pretty good goal. Yeah. 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 Because like, I don't have to be world champion anymore. That's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, your goal isn't to be world champion. That's really nice. Nice to have that lift off your shoulders over time, you know? <laughs> awesome. So it's not like, you can sweat the details, but you don't have to sweat the details, you know? <laughs> So yeah. yeah, awesome. Thank you guys so much. Um, I love you guys. It's really nice to see your faces and to to connect with you. And um, we'll be down. We'll be down in your neck of the woods surfing soon enough as well, Oceanside or whatever, right right around your awesome. guys' neck of the woods. So I like that plan. That's my goal. That's my goal is to have the Aldegaris come here. I want to um, <laughs> I want to play frisbee with you for twelve hours. <laughs> Or whatever. <laughs> oh my god, that uh, would be the boy. truth, though. I've seen you two get go after it before. Yeah. Um, but sure. thank you so much, Bobby. Appreciate all the wisdom and experience that you shared with us. And um, yeah, we're so good to see you. My pleasure. Same. Good to see you guys too. <laughs>